that would get picked up by life hacker to say oh. i read 50 different diet books in 30 days yeah, and that, i'm very confused and i'm 30 pounds heavier because <laughs> <laughs> i didn't leave the house <laughs> but uh yeah 50 books i finished up late saturday night um i had a huge scare around thursday because i looked at my calendar and i thought i had till sunday and somehow the 31 days and 30 day challenge 31 days in the calendar tricked me a little bit <laughs> and then i realized the last day was actually on saturday i said oh crap i still have seven books to read oh no so uh had to get on that but uh yeah i finished i finished in whatever i started around 9 a.m on the first day and finished up around 9 p.m on the 30th day uh, 50, 50 whole books. You did it. Did I'll, it. Hit the, I'll hit the applause button. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah it was cool. It was, you know. It, Do you have, have a little noisemaker when you finish just all alone? It's like, woo. <laughs> I just like slapped the book. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I, high five book. Yeah, <laughs> we did it. Uh, but no, it was it was fun. And it's funny because like I didn't even really get to finish all the books I had wanted to. I still have a handful of books that I still want to read and I'm interested in going back to. Um, but it was fun. Like I, It's interesting because it, it gave me some different perspective on stuff beyond just the books. Like I got a lot of good insight into the books and some of that I've tried to put into practice. Um, but the biggest takeaways I got from the challenge were just the doing the challenge and the big things I took away were for these 30 days, I have like, it's so, it's so easy to be, to go through and be like, Oh my gosh, it's, it's already the end of May. Like, where did the time go? It's already this, like, Oh, it's already been three months. Where did the time go? Like I, I, you know, time flies, but for 30 days, every single day was accounted for. And I knew exactly what I was doing. And if I were to not read or if I were to do something else, like play a game or go out with friends or something like that, like I knew that was time that I had to make back up. So it was really interesting to have every day be so accounted for and critical. Um, I, w I wonder, does that help? Does that give you a different perspective on your time as a freelancer? Um, uh how so just now that like this is probably a topic for another show which is like timekeeping and like sure. what you use what you do during the day and how your time is accounted for because like in our minds what we think we do is not always what is actually the numbers right because yeah, like, sure. it could be something that's a harder burden that you spend less time on but in your mind you think you spend all your time on this so did, did that cross the streams in any way a little bit. I got I got better at doing tactical objectives, having 50 tangible items. So now like I'm trying to replicate that a little bit. And now I'm what I want to do now is do another. This isn't going to be a big challenge. This isn't a formal thing. But in my personal life, like I'm trying to take the web stuff I'm trying to do uh, in different aspects of my life where you know we talked about the Trello boards before, where it's like I would build things kind of out of Trello. Um, still doing that a little bit, but I'm also trying to tangibly be like, what are the button like what are the items i have to do these this grouping of things i want to get done in the next 30 days and are some of them are slightly big goals that i then have to re-break down so it may be more tangible or have a better idea on the tangible tasks that i'm doing um so when i break that down to like freelance hours and stuff it works a little bit but um you know we've talked a little bit about freelancing a few times and there's definitely a part of me that 
uh, especially when I'm doing it full time, always feels five or 10 hours behind, like on billable hours, like no matter what the case is, like you just always feel like there's more you could be doing. <laughs> so it is a, it's a hard process to break that. Um, yeah. And like, at least the breakdown of books is easy. I read this many books and this many days. The breakdown of like development tasks or other tasks, like even uh, non-development, like home tasks is like harder than that. Yeah. And it was, you know, this, this challenge looks daunting and it is in some degree, like it, it took a lot of focus. I had to always be made aware of what I was doing at all times, but books I knew were a kind of a low maintenance task in so much to say is like, I can do them, you know, when I first get up or if I'm reading or listening to audiobooks or before I go to bed, like there's almost no matter what I'm doing, I it's not too big of a push to start reading. Whereas like if I'm doing code stuff, if it's, you know, 11 o'clock at night or if it's like the middle of the night, uh, it's a lot harder to be like, now it's time to start working on some big code challenge. Uh, whereas anytime I could just be like, yeah, I'm going to pick up the book a little bit before I go to bed. Um, you know, you don't quite get that the same way with the code stuff. So it, it's going to be different, but that was a big, a big step. Okay. So then I have questions. Sure. Yeah. So, on average, I'm, I'm curious now that it's done, like the averages. So like on average, how many hours a day do you spend reading? Um, I do have some averages we can get into. I, I don't know for sure the hours a day. I will um, accept a guesstimation. Yeah. I would approximate each book took four to five hours of full-time reading that's kind of a guess. Um, and it changed. Like there were some days that I read, uh, basically from, you know, there, there were some days where I wasn't doing freelance work. I was basically just reading. So I do that like all morning, go to the gym, listen to audiobooks, maybe do some other tasks, like do some actual work. Um, then be reading again in the evening. So, uh, it's hard to estimate the hours, but if I know that each one probably took four or five hours and maybe so, more i could so be you're underestimating spending eight ish hours a day reading just on average if you're saying you, you, you're doing 1.6 books a day this is i'm the staff i'm, a, I'm the yeah. uh, staff mathematician here so if you're uh, doing say you're doing 1.6 books a day to get mm -hmm. 50 in 30 days times five hours is eight hours a day probably <laughs> probably yeah, pretty that's close crazy you're crazy <laughs> it definitely took, uh, you know, like I said, it, it took a lot of other things out. Like we, you know, we still went to a couple of things. Like we did trivia every week that we normally do. Um, we played D and D and stuff like that. But like I said, if we were going to do things that I knew took multiple hours, I knew I had to reaccount for that time somewhere. It wasn't just, you know, I couldn't just let the weekend slip by. Um, Eight hours a day. So did you, can you, do you think you would want to apply this kind of effort to anything else ever in your life? Like <laughs> if, dedicating eight hours a day for a month to something. Cause I don't think I can do, I think you can do that because you're, you know, freelancing, you know, you're doing your own thing, but as a person who works, I don't think I have eight hours after work to do something. No, I, I don't think I would do this with a 40 hour a week job yeah. plus commute and everything. Yeah. yeah. So there is, but you, know, but you, as you are now, do you think there's ever another eight hour a day challenge for a month coming? Uh, Maybe I would say probably not. Don't do it next month. Maybe no. in a year. We'll have uh, I do have, I do have another big 
thing that I want to do. This won't happen at least for another six months, maybe another year. Um, but I have some ideas, but I, I am trying to at least apply some of that checklist mentality more into tasks. So like other web projects and stuff I'm working on, um, and trying to keep myself more focused to know that like, I have to get this much done because I have a self-imposed deadline where traditionally I've not been super great at keeping my own deadlines. I think that is, you know, noble. And that is actually a good skill to have. Cause I think everybody is like that. I think it's really hard to keep your own deadlines. Cause I know as when I was a freelancer, that was like, I never made them ever. So So in in terms of, okay. So then do you have favorites now that we have all the books? Do you have favorites, least favorites, interesting? Yeah, and like I said, there were so many things. there were so many different ones that there are there are multiple versions of favorite. You know, there's like we talked about Creativity Inc. That one was one that I felt like had a huge impact on me. Um, that was recommended and things I got wrong. Um, I really, really love towards the end. Like I, I really like the Richard Branson book. Um, finding my virginity. I listened to Neil Gaiman's The View from the Cheap Seats, who Neil Gaiman's a fantastic fiction author. Um, and this is his like interviews and conversations about the writing process. Uh, and that uh, was a really fascinating one. Like was really emotional at some points, just him talking about writing and education and his relationships with other authors and stuff like that. Um, so there were some of those. There were like more tactical ones. Uh, the very first book I read was called Captivate. That was a lot about um, kind of social sciences and body language and things like that was uh, one that I, I had a lot of takeaways from. Um, the one called Extreme Productivity, which is by his name was Robert Posen. I talked about this on a previous episode where this was the difference. Like there were definitely some books that just they kind of feel like somebody who's never really written a book before is writing a book on productivity and maybe don't have a whole lot to say. And then there are people like this guy who has had a 40 year career working for like major investment firms and stuff. And he has a legitimate calendar that is, you know, his time is very valuable. And so you take those productivity tips a little more seriously. Um, I also read the book, uh, never split the difference, which was from a former, uh, I think FBI, either FBI or CIA, um, negotiator and talk about like hostage situations and conversational conversation that comes from that. And the, the importance of just negotiating and keeping control in a conversation and stuff like that was really, really fascinating. Um, there were a couple of books I didn't care much for. Some of them were sort of that, um, got into after I started reading it, I realized it was one of those kind of Kindle unlimited self-published books that Mm -hmm. just didn't have a whole lot of weight behind it. Um, I think I said on the other episode before that, uh, I really didn't like Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance. Like it just didn't click. Uh, so there's a few of those, but, uh, I do have some stats if you want to break into them a little bit. Yes, please. All right. I have some, I have the longest book I read was Neil Gaiman's, uh, the view from the chief seats. That was 544 pages. Uh, the shortest book was Seth Godin's The Dip, which was only 96 pages, <laughs> um, which is actually a decent book. But he, it's funny how, you know, he has like 20 or 30 books out and they're all like very small. Yeah, I feel um, like I could write a book that's 90 pages. <laughs> right. 
You can I try. Got, it, I could do know. that in a weekend. Uh, go for it. All so right. Mark has a new challenge. Oh no! Uh, I didn't sign up for this. Uh, I did the averages, and I took the page numbers from Amazon, and I think they're a little off, just slightly. Like some of them. Are we as I was trying to remember Amazon back conspiracy? to the actual pages on uh, in the book, like the actual total red pages, um, they're a little different, but they're they're close enough that I think it still kind of warrants that uh, the total page calculation was just under fifteen thousand pages, <laughs> uh, fourteen thousand seven hundred seventy-seven pages, which means that the average book was one hundred ninety-six pages long and the average pages per day was was 493 pages per day uh so i don't know there there was an old story about how warren buffett used to read 500 pages a day and then i think it got um i think he went back and said actually that's more like a week but (laughs) (laughs) that makes more sense you're like that's Um, impossible yeah (laughs) but uh it it was i mean it's probable but not to do anything else in your life yeah so yeah who knows i mean maybe he really does read that much but I don't know. Um, the other thing that was kind of cool, I just remember thinking about it one day and I was like, once I finish this, I will probably have read more pages and more words in a 30 day period than almost anyone in human history. Yeah. <laughs> like even people who read a lot today, very few. And I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people who have actually read this much or researchers or some, you know, there are people who have certainly read a lot copy of copy editors. Yeah, certainly. So, you know, I didn't, I'm, I'm sure I didn't break any world records, but I was we like, get, if you had to consider even just people today, like probably the top, like 1% of read pages just today, let alone throughout history. I was like, so are you cool. in your page count? You're including audible books. Uh, yeah. Or audio books. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if, you know, if people listen and that's, that's a deterrent, that's fine. But I, I have always read audiobooks throughout, you know, my life reading. Like I really like listening to audiobooks, especially really good ones who have good yeah. voice actors. Um, so well, the I, author is particularly a good reader too. Yeah. It's like sometimes good to hear it in their voice. Yeah. Or like I, I listened to one that I actually really liked called, um, the internet doesn't want to be free by Cory Doctorow. Mm-hmm. And it had Will Wheaton narrating it, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, I tend to find a bunch of random books just randomly through the library system and stuff that are audiobooks, And then I start listening and all of a sudden Will Wheaton's the one reading it to me. <laughs> so. <laughs> this is like his new career. Is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cause he read, um, what was the other ready player one? He did ready player right? one. He did the other, um, Armada, the other yeah. Ernie Klein one. He read what if, which was a pick on things that got wrong. Um, that from the, uh, the creator of the XKCD comic strips, yeah. Um, so yeah, th- there were audiobooks in there as well, but uh, um, and I don't have the I actually don't have the number of audiobooks. I think it was around twelve mm, ish. So I have Googled on Audible mm-hmm. uh, books narrated by Will Wheaton. Do you want to take uh-huh. a guess of how many? Twelve. Mm, 38. Whoa. So you got a lot of your Will Wheaton collection. You got a lot. Pretty close to having another 50 challenge. Yes. <laughs> 38 books. Yeah. It looks like you did a lot of these John Scalazzi books, which he uh-huh. wrote Red Shirt. 
um, which is like a take on Star Trek, obviously. I know the name. I haven't le- I haven't read yeah. any. Yeah. But yeah, that was 50 bucks, like I said. And it was... I'm still trying to process some of the information and go back through and like synthesize some of the stuff and like find takeaway, find takeaways and like really, you know, just accumulate all the, all the time I spent. Um, but I don't think there was any one passage that was like, there was no one takeaway from a book that was as important as the stuff that I got just thinking about and processing the challenge itself. Um, and it really inspired me to just tell myself that it's like, if I want to do something, I can find the time to do it, but I have to, like, I have to want it and I have to put steps into action to make it happen. You know, it's like, there are, there are plenty of things like there are, you know, books and music and web projects that I've always wanted to do. And then I just let go so long, I kind of forget about them. It's like, if I want to do something like I can, I can give myself the time, but it also requires, you know, like I said, I... I got rid of any other social stuff on my phone, like Instagram and stuff. I got rid of Chrome because Chrome itself was enough of a time sink, the browser. <laughs> yeah. So I only have Firefox Focus on my... Oh, I, I do technically have Safari, but I don't use it for anything. It's just in the back to open tabs because Firefox doesn't open every tab. Like if um, an Apple app actually like opens something... But yeah. Firefox Focus is a one-tab secure, like more of a security, privacy conscious thing. Um, so I use that if I need to, like, I have the one instance where I'm like, who was in that movie? I can check that, but I can't open any new tabs, so I can't really go down a rabbit hole, um, which I really like. <laughs> That's what you ask Siri for, and then tip. Siri says, what movie? I don't know, who uses Siri? <laughs> but yeah, I, I think, like I said, that was... Yeah, I think... Of everything, that was the biggest takeaway that I kept coming back to personally was just like, I can do something that is somewhat... Again, like this isn't anything absurd or like the biggest thing in the world, but it's monumental in some ways. And, uh, you know, it's just like being able to force yourself to do something like this is was really, really cool. So I'm realizing... So even now that I have a shorter commute in my life... I really only have four hours from when I get home, four to five hours from when I get home to when I go to bed. And mm-hmm. that is the time I would have to do something. And that includes any household thing I need to do within the week as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I, A, envy you. <laughs> B, I do want to, even within that time, I think this is a track that we're both on. It's like trying to find that kind of focus in mm-hmm. on trying to you know this is a more abstract goal that you had but like even within your you know our careers or our personal lives like if we can focus on something that long you can do it there's all these you know distractions yeah and things that you realize especially now that i've i, I think you've probably fa- you know done found out the same thing which is now that you've taken off all these things off your phone all social media and stuff you like don't even care so much about them like i went back on instagram like i didn't install on my phone but i used the web browser to look at it to Mm -hmm. subscribe to things like a wrong instagram (laughs) plug but um and you know i just like while i did that i scrolled through my feed a little bit i'm like why did i even like this yeah yeah it's like one of those things where you know I, i was mentioning before the show about intermittent fasting right it's like that you're intermittent fasting your social media where it's actually the opposite because usually when you intermittent fast, when you eat food later, it tastes better. When I intermittent fast social media, I'm like, I look yeah. at it now and it looks stupid. <laughs> it's dumb. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it comes down to that a little bit. The same thing where it's like we, you know, we, we just talked about um, the Impossible Burger episode and talking about like some of that stuff. And uh, it's it, it's a similar concept to like dieting or so. It's like anyone can do it. Can you do it even 30 days in a row? Like, can you focus in and not get lazy with choices? Like, can you be discerning? every single day and know that there's an agenda to hit an obligation. Um, and that's kind of where the book thing fell in for me. Um, again, like, and this is reading was easy. Like the reading part, it was time consuming, but I always knew at any point in time I could just read like it's, it's low intensity in that way versus, you know, training for a marathon or something like that, or doing a project where I know I'm going to be coding for eight to 10 hours a day, like that's a different process. And that takes a lot more energy out of me to where I can't just, you know, first thing in the morning, I'm not going to get up and code every waking moment. I'm not just going to try to get back to coding late at night when I'm tired. I'm not just going to, I'm not going to wind down by thinking about coding, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's a different process there, but I think the same focus is required. And that's, I'm hoping is somewhat of a skill that I, I continue to accumulate. Yeah, I think it's a valuable skill, and I, I wholeheartedly sort of endorse this. Uh, I forgot what I was going to ask you. How many book How many book ideas did I have that I wanted to write on my own? Like yes, yes. 12. How many book? Okay, <laughs> let me restart. How many book ideas did you? What What did you say? <laughs> so <laughs> just tell many. Me, just tell me. It's so really? funny. Like I. And again, like I'm not a writer, like even one of my goals was to try and write and blog more about this stuff. It's like that didn't go over super well. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, when you're reading it hours a day, yeah, writing any hours a day. Right. Tough. <laughs> I, I took a lot of notes. So I, I do have a lot of notes typed out and kind of written out and stuff like that. But uh, it's it's so funny, like when I'm around people who are really good coders and I really like we click really well I start to have a lot more ideas like when you know I'm very like I'm not very susceptible to peer pressure that's something I, I take a lot of pride in but I'm all I'm very inspired when I meet other people who are doing stuff like I always want to do the things that I'm seeing like you know friends get into podcasting so I want to start like doing my own podcast or like you know I had friends who were doing whatever kind of creative thing like I want to do some of that too once I started reading a lot I had like 10 other, like 10 ideas that I was like, I could write a book on this. I'm going to try to write an outline. And then now that's over, I'm like, ah, boy, that would be kind of cool. But man, I don't know. I I think saying no is like a definitely a skill as well, which is like, you'd have all these ideas, but like focusing in on like, what is an idea and making that fit in. And if it, you know, there's different layers of it right yeah maybe you won't get a return on it but you have a passion for it and you get pleasure from it maybe you should do that or maybe you see a return right now but or you see a return in the future you're not getting a return right now and you're putting a lot of work into it maybe that's still a, a balance totally yeah it's the kind of thing where it's like it's yeah like, like you just said there there was definitely a time in the last week or so of this challenge where part of me wanted to be done so that I could go back to focusing on other stuff so I could do some projects. And I knew that I had to say no to a lot of things to finish this challenge out. And I think that's totally, I think that's exactly right. Like it's very easy to, um, to do 10 different things at 10% as opposed to doing 
two things, you know, at 70% and 30% for fun, like to really focus your mind more into something. Um, so, you know, doing this helped keep that focus and I'm hoping I can kind of relay that into the next thing that I'm working on.